Welcome to Capital Conversations, brought to you by South Washington County Telecommunications Commission, serving the member communities of Woodbury, Cottage Grove, St. Paul Park, Newport, and Great Cloud Island Township. My name is Mark Martinez. I'm the Executive Director of SWCTC, and I'm joined today by Senator Nicole Mitchell, representing District 47. Good morning, Senator. Welcome. Good, good morning. Thank you for having me on. Yes, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you've got a busy schedule. So I want to take a step back and just uh, talk about the start of the process. I know this is your first term. Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to run? So running for office is something that's always been in the back of my head. Even in high school, I was in Model United Nations. I went to Girl State, some of those things. Um, And then just during my adult life, I've done a lot of volunteer work, um, served in the military, still serving, um, even working as a meteorologist. You can kind of see the intersection of how some of the values that you carry with you really are impacted at the legislative level, where whether it be state level, local level, city level, or federal level. I also went to law school, um, not practicing, but I served in the state I was at in the time, which happened to be Georgia, in the Senate there as a legal intern. So I would be the one reading all the bills and giving summary, summaries to the senators. Um, and I really enjoyed the process. It's not always an easy process, but being able to fix things, fun things, work on your values, I, I think is meaningful. So I was kind of already at that point in my life. I had moved back home to Woodbury. Um, and when the opening came, it, I decided it was time. You said it well. It's so meaningful. I mean, so many great things happen at the legislature and all the way down to uh, the city level. It's it's amazing. You know, we're, we work in community media, and you know, before I was in this uh, work, you know, I, I really didn't know what was going on even at the city level. And so much incredible work has hap- happens at at each level. So thank you for all your efforts. Yeah, if I can give an example of that. So we have a senior community in Woodbury, for example, where the rent has been, um, and it's low income, um, where the rents are being increased over 12%, which for some people means they can't afford it. Um, a, a couple seniors have even ended up homeless. That's, that's unacceptable. Um, so that's been something where the city and the county, and me at the state, we've all been working together to solve that in different ways, whether it's working with the builders to make sure that they don't do that to the citizens at the county level. Is it grants for people that need assistance with their housing? And at the state level, do we maybe put in a cap so that you can't, on low-income people, raise rents more than a certain amount per year? So that's, that's kind of an example of a nexus where all those things come together. Senator Mitchell, we're about halfway through the session. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about some of the work that's been going on so far? So it's been an amazing session. I I was warned by my predecessor, Susan Kent, that uh, your first year would be like drinking from a fire hose because all these things are coming at you and you're just trying to catch what you can. Um, And then on top of it, I've heard from everyone that this is the busiest session that they remember. And this is people who've been here sometimes 20 or 30 years. So it has been, um, yeah, jumping right into the (laughs) 
frying pan, so to speak. But we've gotten some really, to me, amazing things done. Um, you know, I'm a woman who had pregnancy complications and almost died. So for me, um, putting reproductive freedoms into law was very meaningful. As a meteorologist, we um, have a lot of green energy initiatives and things to improve our environment. Um, That has been amazing to work on. And just as a parent and a foster parent and someone who works with um, children in need, free school lunches, for example, is going to make such a difference to so many families. So it's been really nice to be a part of what I think is some very positive change and that keeps Minnesota, the state, I believe it to be, which is very centered on lifting up all of its residents and um, protecting the state environmentally and with other values for our future. Yeah, it's noticeable. I mean, there's so much work that's been done, so much great achievements so far. We hear it in the news. And um, so thank you for your efforts on that. Congratulations. I was reading through your committee assignments and I was looking through and I see energy, utilities, environment and climate. And certainly, you know, we're the cable commission in our area. We're funded by franchise, cable franchise fees, which goes back to a federal law back in 1984. Um, And then, you know, environment and climate is certainly near and dear to my heart. So can you tell me a little bit about that particular committee or any other committee you may be on? So I just love all of my committees. I got exactly what I had asked for. um, And I really wanted diverse topics. You know, if I would have been just doing one thing all the time, I, I wouldn't have found that as interesting. So I asked to be on human services because it covers um, addiction, disability, and it had foster care, which ended up getting moved to health and human services. But I'm a foster parent. Some of the kids I've worked with are dis- disability, and, and some of the families through that network relate to addiction. So Um, that was really something close to my heart. I serve on the elections committee. I've been an election judge since 2018, often a head judge. So I've been able to see the process, how it works. I really want to make sure it's an environment where everyone feels enabled to vote and educated and, and, um, is able to exercise that right. I serve on the state and local government and veterans committee, I'm a veteran. I'm still ha- I'm at 30 years in service right now, still in the National Guard. And um, in our entire legislature, I'm the only female veteran right now, and I'm actually the first female we've had in 10 years. So it's been nice to work on some of those issues. And then to the committee that you asked about, of course, I have a background as a meteorologist and some education in climate issues. And so that is energy, utilities, environment, and climate. Um, So I'm learning a lot about the energy and utility part of it, but I've been able to bring a lot to the table in terms of environment and climate, especially climate education. And when we look at how we're going to better establish ourselves as a state to make sure that we're mitigating the damage that climate change could do to our state, um, lessening environmental impacts. And not only for health purposes, because the same pollution that adds into that is very poor for our health, but makes sure that we keep the water clean, the air clean, and all all of our lovely parks and and other outdoor opportunities for us and our children. Thank you for that work. Let's talk briefly about your time as a military meteorologist. Um, That's 
very interesting as we run our own community TV channels. Uh, maybe we should have you down to <laughs> give a forecast. Give, so a forecast one of these days, it'd be nice to have you over at the office there to tour the facility. But um, what were some of the exciting things you did during that time? So that's still what I do. I started in the National Guard in Minnesota as an observer, then a forecaster. Um, so basically that would be, especially when I deployed, it would be weather for aviation operations. Can we take off? Can we land wherever we're going? If there happens to be a military target, are there going to be clouds or fog? Can we see the target that we need to look at? Things like that. Um, the I, I am on the Air Guard side. Um, the Army doesn't do its own weather, so we do a lot of their weather as well. So then it is, is, is a tank going to get stuck in the mud because we have heavy rain, or is it going to be too cold for people to be outside an extended period of time? It's, it's all those weather aspects. So I did weather for the National Guard for my first, um, what was it, 10, 15 years. I don't, I don't remember. It all blends together. I think about 12. Um, and then I transferred to the hurricane hunter. So I was actually the person flying into hurricanes, tropical weather inside because those storms are over water. So you don't have radar. You don't have um, some of the data that you would normally have over land. So we fly inside, collect the data that goes into the modeling and it helps tell where is the exact center of the storm. You can't always tell that from satellite. Um, what is the trajectory of the storm? Is it intensifying, weakening? How big is it? So we would do that. That was a really, I'll be honest, an amazing job. And then a few years ago, I transferred back to the National Guard to be a commander. So now I command a weather unit. Yeah, that plays into the strategy, right? I mean, I'm thinking now as you're, as you're explaining some of your experience that like I can think of what I've heard about D-Day, for example, they had to wait for the the weather, weather yes. to be just right <laughs> to, to make that landing. Uh, so you've, and I've seen photos of like the eye of the hurricane and stuff like that. So you've been inside an, an eye? Many, wow. I, I think I was close to a hundred. Um, oh my gosh. well, usually like? when we'd fly in, we'd pass through it four times. <laughs> um, it depended on where it was and how much fuel we had and a bunch of other things that we don't need to go into. But, um, a lot of times we would go through the eye a couple different times on a flight because you want to get that trend of data, um, versus just one stagnant point. So, yeah, so uh, some Cat Fives, Hurricane Katrina, yeah, some wow. of the big ones. I saw Senator on your website here on the legislature webpage that your concerns are education, environment, working families, and veterans, and and you've already shared a number of, of things that you're working on. As as we uh, head towards the end of the session, uh, is there anything that you'd like to um, leave our listeners with? So I could have made that list much, much longer. Um, there's so many things that I think are really, really important. Um, I just got my first bill passed that the governor will actually be signing um, today. And that was for Veterans Restorative Justice. I'm not sure when this will air, so maybe it won't be today when it's still airing. Um, Could you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Restorative Justice? Restorative Justice is if someone ends up within the legal system, um, but it has a relation to something service connected. So let's say they ended up with PTSD and unfortunately they're, they're self-medicating with alcohol and, and now they have a DUI or something like that. They can instead go into a process where they get help and then they don't end up with a criminal record. So it's determined if there's that kind of correlation and, and then they're able to get, um, 
the help that they should have been getting anyway without the criminal record. And so I'm proud that I got my first bill heard off the floor and it was unanimous. That's probably not always going to happen to every bill. Um, And I'm working on the veterans omnibus bill, which is all the things that we're going to fund around the state. Um, So I'm in charge of that. So that's awesome as a freshman that I get to carry such an important piece of um, legislation that's going to help so many people. Are there specific areas in Woodbury that uh, will be funded through the omnibus bill? or So not specifically with the veterans omnibus bill, um, although there are things in there for veterans um, PTSD, there's veterans housing, things like that that's going to help anyone in any town. Um, specific to Woodbury, and of course um, I have part of South Maplewood as well, but um, bonding money to upgrade Central Park, um, we, for Maplewood, Maplewood has one of the highest crime rates for catalytic converter thefts. We, we passed a bill to help crack down on that. So there has been some community specific things as well. That's great. We're excited to hear about the Central Park uh, renovation that's going to happen. So thank you for getting behind that. Uh, it's really. I was literally just at Central Park this morning with my foster <laughs> son <laughs> for an appointment there. And we're always at the library. So I th- really think that's a centerpiece of our community. Awesome. Senator Mitchell, what's the best way to reach you? So we take appointments. Um, If you go to the Minnesota State Legislature, you can look up my biography and um, there's an email form on there and then also a phone number. Constituents always get first appointments and uh, occasionally, especially over the summer when session's not so busy, hopefully we can do a few more town halls. We've already done a couple, but love people to come out to those as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and good luck to you for the rest of this session and, and going forward. Yes. Thank you for helping to educate the listeners on what we're doing. Our pleasure. Thanks. 